Hello, this is Anbiti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 19th of May. The Supreme Court today asked the Varanasi Court not to proceed with the Gyanwapi Mosque trial today, Indian Express reported. The Apex Court reasoned that plaintiffs had requested for more time in a petition filed in the Varanasi Civil Court and the hearing has been deferred till Friday. No order is to be given by the Varanasi Court until the Friday hearing is complete, Live Law reported. A bench, presided by Justice D.Y. Chandrachur, said it will now hear the matter at 3pm on Friday. Advocate Vishnu Shankar Jain submitted that Advocate Hari Shankar Jain, who represents the plaintiffs before the civil court, was discharged from the hospital yesterday. Hence, he asked for more time. Senior Advocate Huzefa Ahmadi, appearing for the Committee of Management of Anjuman Intizamiya Masjid, Varanasi, told the bench that, quote, his only apprehension is that an application has been filed to demolish the wall near the Vazukhana, unquote. The proceedings are still going on, the Indian Express reported. Meanwhile, the report of the video survey of the Gyanwapi Masjid complex was submitted to the local court this morning, NDTV reported. Vishal Singh, the court-appointed commissioner, told NDTV that the report was submitted in a sealed cover by the team that filmed the mosque complex. A chip with videos and photographs of the filming was also handed over. The issue originated when five women filed a petition before the Varanasi court to allow idol worship on the outer wall along with some inner parts of the complex. Following this, and amid opposing pleas filed by the Masjid Committee, a video survey of the Masjid complex was ordered. The survey was completed on May 16th, after which the lawyer representing the Hindu petitioners in the case had claimed that a shivling had been found in the pond inside the mosque. But Rais Ahmed Ansari, advocate of the Anjuman Intizamiya Masjid Committee, that manages the Gyanwapi Mosque, had said that there was only a fountain in the Vazukhana where ablution rituals were performed in the Gyanwapi Mosque, the Hindustan Times reported. Congress leader Navjot Singh Sidhu has been sentenced to a one-year jail term by the Supreme Court today, the Times of India reported. The former cricketer has been convicted in the 34-year-old case of road rage in which Patiala resident Gurnam Singh had died. According to India Today, Sidhu will be taken into custody by Punjab police as per the order. On May 15, 2018, the Apex Court had set aside the Punjab and Haryana High Court order convicting Sidhu of culpable homicide and awarding him a three-year jail term in the case, but had held him guilty of causing hurt to a senior citizen. In his 2018 affidavit submitted to the Supreme Court, Sidhu had claimed that there was no evidence whatsoever that the death was caused by a single blow, even if they assumed that the incident did take place. After this, the court allowed the review petition of its 2018 verdict that had reduced the sentence of Sidhu to a monetary fine of Rs 1,000 from three years of imprisonment in the case, Live Law reported. After Sidhu's exoneration, the victim's family had approached the Apex Court for a review of the verdict. The plea had sought stricter punishment for the former minister, such as culpable homicide or even murder, than just causing hurt. The road rage case is from December 1998, where Sidhu and Rupinder Singh Sandhu allegedly parked their gypsy in the middle of the road near the Sherawala gate crossing in Patiala. When the victim asked the duo to move their car, Sidhu allegedly beat him and removed Gurnam's car keys so he couldn't seek immediate medical attention, India Today reported. 
In September 1999, Sidhu was acquitted of murder, but in December 2006, the Punjab and Haryana High Court had held them both guilty of culpable homicide, not amounting to murder. It also imposed a fine of rupees one lakh each on both of them. Sidhu and Sandhu later challenged the verdict in Supreme Court. Sidhu claimed the evidence was contradictory and the medical opinion was quote unquote vague. In 2007, the court stayed their conviction. Now, 34 years after the incident, Sidhu has to surrender before a court, according to NDTV. Listeners, recently you might have come across the news of reporter Pawan Jaiswal's death. He was a reporter from Mirzapur who famously uncovered the story where children were being fed salt and roti in schools. But when he was diagnosed with cancer, his family had to sell belongings and resort to crowdfunding to fund his treatment. Despite their best efforts, Jaiswal passed away. But his death brought to light the plight of independent reporters and stringers from small towns. Journalists like Pawan are the backbone of journalism. gathering news for big studios and publications in metropolitan cities they receive little credit or money their roles are reduced to terms like stringers an army of underpaid or even unpaid news gatherers who are vital to the news business my colleague tanishka sodi recently went to mirzapur to investigate how unsalaried and non-contract independent reporters and stringers managed to survive without the kind of support that big name journalists from big media houses have she writes on why pawan's life and death is symptomatic of the larger issue ailing journalists in small towns like mirzapur watch her video report titled star reporter with no income what pawan jaiswal's death tells us about the state of rural reporters on newslaundry.com to find out more listeners if you like the work that we do and want more in-depth investigations like this do consider subscribing to news laundry remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads our journalism is funded by you our subscribers so if you aren't already a part of our ad free system subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner Subscription plans begin from rupees 300 a month. Today, Kashmiri separatist leader Yasin Malik was convicted by a special national investigation agency court in a case related to terrorism and secessionist activities in Kashmir in 2017. The Times of India reported Malik had earlier pleaded guilty to all charges leveled against him in the case on May 10th. The charges against him included UAPA Section 16 Terrorist Act 17 Raising Funds for Terrorist Act Section 18 Conspiracy to Commit Terrorist Act and 20 Being the member of a terrorist gang or organization and Sections 120B Criminal Conspiracy and 124A Sedition of the Indian Penal Code the Indian Express reported the court stated that Malik had set up an elaborate structure and mechanism across the world to raise funds for carrying out terrorist and other unlawful activities in Jammu and Kashmir in the name of quote unquote freedom struggle the court has ordered an affidavit from malik regarding his financial assessments and directed the nia to assess the separatist leader's financial situation to determine the amount of fine to be imposed ndtv reported Additional sessions judge Praveen Singh is expected to hear the arguments for the quantum of sentence on May 25th. Meanwhile, in a statement issued late Wednesday night, 
Pakistan has summoned India's ambassador's deputy to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and handed over a demarche to him conveying Islamabad's strong condemnation of the framing of quote-unquote fabricated charges against Kashmiri leader Yasin Malik, PTI reported. Despite Malik pleading guilty to all charges already, the Pakistani statement read, and I quote, The Indian diplomat was conveyed of Pakistan's grave concern that in a bid to suppress the voice of the indigenous Kashmiri leadership, the Indian government has resorted to implicated them in fictitious and motivated cases. Unquote. The Karcher District Administration in Assam announced to shut all educational institutions and non-essential private establishments for 48 hours with effect from today, ANI reported. The statement, signed and issued by Deputy Commissioner and Chairperson of the District's Disaster Management Authority, comes after incessant rainfall led to flooding and landslides all across the state. A report of the Assam State Disaster Management Authority on Wednesday revealed that 1.19 lakh people in Karcher district have been affected, Hindustan Times reported. According to the Indian Express, more than 6 lakh people across 27 districts have been displaced in Assam. Additionally, 9 people have died so far in landslides and floods. Over 48,000 people have taken shelter in 135 relief camps in different districts of Assam, while 113 distribution centres have been set up all across the state to ensure that there is no shortage of essential commodities in the flood-hit area, NDTV reported. Assam Chief Minister Himanta Biswa Sharma said that state government has released 150 crore to the flood-hit districts, while the centre has sanctioned 1,000 crore for the state as a part of flood relief measures. A bulletin from Assam State Disaster Management Authority on Wednesday stated that the embankments were breached, roads and bridges destroyed, and school buildings damaged in various districts across the state. According to the statement, Nagao is the worst affected district where 2.88 lakh people have been affected. On Wednesday, 8,054 persons were rescued by the Indian Army, National Disaster Response Force, State Disaster Response Force and the Fire and Emergency Services in various flood-hit districts. Today, telecom infrastructure providers have sought Assam government's urgent support to ensure that mobile services remain unaffected, The Economic Times reported. Sri Lankan Prime Minister Ranil Vikram Singhe clarified before the parliament today that no shoot-at-sight orders were issued to the Defence Ministry amid violent anti-government protests in the island nation, PTI reported. The clarification comes after the Army, the Air Force and the Navy were allegedly ordered by Sri Lanka's Ministry of Defence on May 10 to open fire on anyone looting public property or causing harm to other protesters. The country has been facing massive and violent protests this month over the unprecedented economic and political crisis. It has been called the country's worst economic crisis since gaining independence from Britain in 1948. According to the Colombo Gazette news portal, Bikram Singhe said that no such order was issued in writing. The Prime Minister said that the police can use their discretion and open fire if there is a need, but to do so there are procedures to follow. He said that while properties belonging to some members of the parliament had been attacked last week, a shoot-at-sight order was not issued. The protest in Sri Lanka turned particularly violent over the course of last week, where multiple vehicles and buildings were set ablaze. 
The violence happened when a peaceful protest against the then Prime Minister Mahinda Rajpaksha was attacked by supporters of the previous government. At least eight people were reported dead, and the country has been at a stage of unrest since then. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.